With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Frank Todaro, otherwise known as Starscream. And you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Hey, this is Frank Todaro, and you're listening to the TFG1 Podcast. You've just jumped inside the pull bag. Join TFG1 Mike and the rest of the comic crew here at the GCRN as they make their great escape into comics. From DC, Marvel, and Image to IDW, Boom Studios, and Xenoscope, we have everything right here. We cover things like Transformers, He-Man, Superheroes, TMNT, and Radiant Black. Yeah, we have all that and so much more. It's all inside the pull bag here on the GeekCast Radio Network. So, without further ado, it's time to talk about the comics we're reading right now. Here inside the pull bag. Hello and welcome to the pull bag. This is episode 418. That's right, folks. 418 episodes of the pull bag. I am, of course, TFG and Mike. Joining me is the recently aged up and upgraded Mr. JT from Saskatoon. Hello, sir. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. I feel so old. Eh, you ain't that old. I have five I'm beginning to feel like Cup more and more every day. Yeah, tell that to my knee. Both of them. Uh, <laughs> this is fair. This is true. Yes, and uh, today we're going to be talking about another IDW Publishing Transformers crossover. We have Transformers Ghostbusters. Before we get too far into this, I wanted to find out just how much of Ghostbusters we've done here inside the pull bag. I know for a fact that we have never actually done the actual IDW series. It started with uh, the deviations issue that IDW did, and then we did we've done the TMNT Ghostbusters one and two, mm. and then there was a Ghostbuster Funko Universe comic because they did a Funko Universe uh, comic with Ghostbusters, Turtles, Judge Dredd, X Files, which sadly isn't on Comicsology anymore. I don't understand that if IDW is on Comicsology, like. Some of IDW's stuff has just disappeared from Comixology. The Funko Universe issue, uh, all of the mask comics are now not on Comixology anymore from IDW. That's crazy to me. I don't get that at all. And I tried reaching out to them, but I got no answer. Uh, but well, anyway. And also, the there there's a lot of other sundry stuff that's not even, like, Ghostbusters or Transformers related that you can't find anymore. Uh, like 
CVO or covert vampire ops, which is a really if you're you're into like actiony horror kind of stuff, that's a really fun title at IDW. It it's leans more towards like Thirty Days a Night and that kind of thing, but something I highly recommend. Ah, yes. Now we are both Transformers fans, and you're more of a Ghostbusters fan than I am. I mean, I like the first two movies and I like the real ghostbusters, but I have never, I'm just not a ghost person. Blame Freddy Krueger. He scarred me as a five year old. Yeah. Well, it might be Canadian cause Dan Aykroyd apparently is a ghost freak in real life. <laughs> he also started that show sci factor back in the nineties. Like he, he, he is Raymond stance personified. If you think about it. Yeah, he pretty much is now. They did something really cool with this, and they, they IDW does this every once in a while. They will do connecting covers. Sometimes they're, they're uh, retail incentives. Sometimes they're alternate covers. But for this, it's the main covers of all five issues connect to give you this big old scene of Transformers and Ghostbusters and whatever. Except there's like this, and I, I know what it is, and I know why it is, but... Uh, they put this top secret question mark part in the middle of where you would see issue three. And I'm like, what the hell is that? What? And so I go over to the lovely people at the TF wiki. Yeah. They of course, obviously have the full image, even though it is a tiny image on their website. That's fine. It is what it is, but it's basically, Ghostimus Prime. It's basically Optimus in the Ecto colors, the green, the white, the gray. Uh, so, yeah. I don't mind certain Optimus repaints, but this one... I don't know, man. It just didn't really hit me that... that. It's a little it's... too ratchet colors on a new chassis. Yeah. Because it's basically, you know, a red and white paint scheme with the tinted green windows. Yep. And then the or, gray or legs. His, uh, his chest shield, whatever you want to call it, you know, his, yeah. his pectorals. Yeah, it's where he keeps his, his, his MacGuffin of leadership. Oh, oh, salty. Salty, hey. salty. Hey, man. There's only one true leader of the Autobots. That's the one that is constantly learning how to be a leader. Rodimus rules, Optimus rules. Anyway. <laughs> the oh, series, we're going to have a fight. Oh, of course we are. <laughs> the series is written by Eric Burnham. Hey, we know that guy. We haven't interviewed him yet, but we will eventually, because he is currently doing the Beast Wars, uh, trans- uh, Beast Wars tra- Transformers Beast Wars from IDW. It is illustrated by Dan Schoening and Luis Antonio Delgado, uh, who were the core creative team behind the IDW Ghostbusters series. So I like this because, number one, I've already seen other things that Eric has done, and I've already seen other things that, that Dan Schoening has done because Dan Schoening was one of the original TMT artists for IDW. So I kind of know their art style. I kind of know their writing style. I love the art in this. Yeah. But this story is just beyond wacky. 
but it's just wacky enough. I I don't know. I I, I think it like. It takes the wackiness and amps it up to 11. Like, it's just one point too wacky for me. It's good. It's it now that I've because I've actually reread this twice. So I read this about a week or so ago before we recorded it. And then usually what I'll do for recordings is I will read or at least catch myself up. So I'm fresh with opinions and ideas of what's going on. You know, the, like, I don't know, three, four, five hours before the recording session. Yeah. And as I'm going through this today, I'm like, this is silly. This is fun, but it's silly to a point of being, I'm expecting Billy Mays to come in with OxyClean ads every every seven pages here. Like, Oh, I don't think it's quite that silly, but th- th- this, <laughs> is, this is like fine 80s cheese mixed with like some like old school Doritos from when we were kids, you know, I mean, you got what is, and I don't mean this in any slight, we got the real Ghostbusters. Like we got the movie universe Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which is very much what the comic is mixed with the G one cartoon transformers. Yep. And it's all predicated on the fact of, uh, like they they bring back like one of the single most remembered continuity items from the original G1 cartoon in fact that uh Starscream's a gosh darn ghost now. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that would have made this crossover better, you know, as we get into it is if they had somehow written in a scene where you see a blonde, a brunette and a gorilla tooling around in a convertible. And yeah, anyone no. that gets that reference, you earn 5 cool points. Well then, I guess I just lost five hundred. But filmation yes. Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, well, you know, real Ghostbusters is the only Ghostbusters for me when it comes to animation. Yeah. So, I I knew what Dan Schoening did with Turtles, and I had I've seen what he has done with the Ghostbusters designs. This is my first time seeing his like. Literally, this is the cartoon in comic form. This is the cartoon on the page. Or, well, yeah, like, or animated. Like, the movie, the, the real Ghostbusters is supposed to be the continued adventures of Dad Aykroyd and Peter Venkman Ghostbusters. You know, that's the idea. Yeah. But the Transformers aspect of this is is really awesome because literally, like every design from Soundwave to Megatron to Starscream to Shockwave, like they are all true to the original cartoon designs. And sometimes people will take liberties here and there, but and I think this did give them an opportunity to do that because much later, spoiler warning, folks. The Decepticons get killed, and uh, Cybertron gets destroyed, and they all become ghosts. And it's all Starscream's fault, because Starscream is a moron. You know, it's... it's, I think it's just a tiny bit unfair (laughs) to say Cybertron was destroyed because... uh, Starscream is a moron. I mean, it's not to say the Starscream isn't a moron. It's Ray 
did the same. He he tried to think of the most innocent things, something from his childhood, something that could never ever destroy us. Unfortunately, yeah. Starscream is a self-aggrandizing asshole. That's why he's a moron. Because hello, Starscream, what did you do? Nothing. I mean, I just imagined myself. Like I understand Ray. I get Ray doing it. I completely understand that. And then we get the awesomeness that is the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. However, Stay Puffs all right. He's a sailor. He's in New York. Uh huh. Yeah. The best Stay Puff for me is Funko Pop Burnt Stay Puff. Anyway, uh, no. So we get this giant Starscream who has the Matrix with Megatron and Optimus heads. Uh, Megatron, Optimus, Shockwave, and. Jetfire or Skyfire, uh, depending on no, which no, way you no, that, no, 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 that's not Jet. That, that's the that's the the villain in this. That's the that's the entity that we just saw. That's her head. No, it different has to head. Be. No, that that that's that's Jetfire. She had like that weird metallic version of the hair that Gozer had in 1984. When she yeah. looked like the supermodel with the slime all over. That's that. Trust me, that's Jetfire. That is not Jetfire. Jetfire never had blue on his head. Animated Next to me- series. I'm I'm talking about animated series. Okay. Well, agree to disagree because we're gonna get so that's far off. Not, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that ain't Jetfire. Yeah. Anyway, so giant star scream. Cybertron was destroyed. We go to a thousand years later, give or take. Oh, well, we should, we forgot to mention, Mike. Now, this is around four million years ago. The Autobots have left Cybertron, like in the original animated series. The Decepticons mm-hmm. are about to give chase, and that's when Gozer the Gozerian shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, and choose the form of your destructor. And, you know, come out comes like this... You know, female like Cybertronian version of Gozer. We get, we get the lineup of Soundwave, Megatron, Starscream, and Shockwave. Like you know, when the Ghostbusters get up to the roof in 1984. And yeah, Starscream makes the choice. You know, he a giant version of. I know it's like uh, it's the Starscream from the movie with the cape and the shoulder pads and the crown. Mm. I, I can't call I can't help but call him Liberace Starscream because that's been locked in my head for over thirty years that, that mm-hmm. this is a Cybertron version of Liberace, which is not a knock to the man, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he ends up laying waste to Cybertron and we go to nineteen eighty four. Although if you look two details I noticed on the uh, the temple of Gozer that shows up on whatever Cybertronian building this is. If you look in the corners up in the top, like where those ram's heads are in the movie mm-hmm. that that one piece falls off, there are the quintessons. Yeah, it's the quintessons, yep. Now, did you notice the uh, the the ceiling inside the temple? Like that he, psychedelic thing? Yeah. That's from the opening of Transformers, the movie. The oh, yeah. The Lions version of the theme song mm-hmm. is playing. It's like, holy shit. Of course, The yeah. eye to detail these guys have, I, I am never not impressed. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, so we get to 1984. The Autobots are still out in space. 
because apparently it's mm-hmm. like Moses and his people wandering the desert for 40 years. They haven't found a new home in 4 million years. Yeah, and then there's this weird action figure toy crossover character in here. I am sorry. I <sighs> I mean, I love at that him- I love that they do the crossover toys. I love um what's his nuts? Um what? Yes, I love Gigawatt. I love that the toys exist. I have not read. I'm still waiting for Transformers: Back to the Future to be collected, so I have not read it yet. We'll cover it at some point here, inside the pull bag, maybe later in 2021. It might be 2022 before we get to it. But I just this one just did not. It's it shoulder just, pads, isn't it? Uh, no, it, it's the. It's everything about him. He's uh, Autobots aren't supposed to be that assholeish. He's not an asshole. Think about it. This guy is Ray Stance in robot form. In fact, if there was an animated film, the only man I would accept as voicing Ectotron is Dan Aykroyd himself. Oh, you I, mean Ectotronimus Dynamatron? Listen, Ek, don't call me that. Yeah, and. and before he's actually f- properly named Ectotron later on in this meeting, we're, we're just going to use Ectotron, folks, because mm-hmm. my tongue almost breaks when I try to say that his full name. Yeah. But yeah, I l- they, they f- sorry, you go. I love the inside of the arc. I love everything with the art here. Optimus looks like Optimus is supposed to look. Uh, you know, the arc itself looks the way it's supposed to look. Even Ironhide. Jazz looks a little too young. Like his face where he says, you're being paranoid, paranoid, Ironhide. I don't know. His face doesn't look like it should, but it's okay. It's not that it's not the it's not going to ruin my my overall score for this. But I just I love how this this looks. Yeah, and and we have that last bullet, same page there uh, as we go through. We're both working with the trade folks. Uh, there's that scene where I'm a scientist, Jazz. You know what? If they didn't get Dan Aykroyd, because all this dialogue is like race stance dialogue, and mm-hmm. God rest his soul, if they could have gotten Harold Ramis to voice this character, you know, in that altered dimension where mm-hmm. he did not go into the uh, ectosphere, he could have got. They could have definitely could have got him to voice him in the directed DVD animated film that this should have been. Yeah. But yeah, so Optimus, I, I love even some of the dialogue and the art. Uh, you almost hear Optimus do that. <sighs> this again, kind yeah. of thing, and and they go to Earth, and we we find the boys in gray in you know. Well, it says Brooklyn. I was going to say Central Park. Or are they just bordering Central Park? I'm not sure. No, because Central Park's Manhattan. So. Yeah, Central Park's Manhattan. They're in Brooklyn. So, yeah, there's this giant-ass uh, sinkhole in the middle of the street. And the Ecto one's getting sucked into the earth like that one car in Tremors. Mm-hmm. And the Sky Spy satellite shows up. And I was like, it, it's the thing. Yep. <laughs> you see it they, scan the Ecto. Yep. And what did you think of the electro ghost that they fought? Like that design. I, I think it's cool. I mean, cause again, you know, you have, I'm trying to see on the actual, 
Yeah, see, it isn't, for some odd reason, it's not on the actual Ecto. The one in the sink, the one in the sinkhole? Well, yeah, but, I mean, the front end's pretty well covered up by the time Ecto... Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But how would he, okay, so if that's the case, how would he know to put that there, then? If he can't, if, I don't know, Skysai can probably see through the dirt. Hmm. Okay, I'll give you that. It is a satellite after all. So he transforms, he gets, or he transforms into his new car mode thing. He gets his Electro Ghost logo, and it's it's cool. I mean, he's a robot. I mean, what's he going to do? Go drive to the hardware store, transform, and paint it on himself? That would look a, that would be a weird position. Yeah. That would, that would be like all kinds of twist or hell. Oh, yeah, no. And, and you know, it's... Not to say we haven't mentioned much about the Ghostbusters busting this weird electro squid ghost in the comic. It's just the dialogue in here, like <laughs> that's Ernie Hud- how Ernie Hudson would say something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, you know. And yeah. I just thought like that perhaps before continuing that thought, Ray, you could bind this entity. It's like I looked right in the trap, Ray. Like just dear Lord, like it's just. And I know we're we're both huge Transformer and Ghostbuster fans, folks, but this really does read like like I hear like never before have I read a Transformers or a Ghostbusters comic where I've so clearly heard Peter Cullen or Dan Aykroyd's voices mm-hmm. as I've read the the issue. I also love uh, Shoning's attention to detail, where you see Ray throughout the trap and you see him step on the pad, and it's not like the foot pad. Uh, rubber foot paddy thing that they have in like the animated series it's you know you got like the flash bulb and you see like that uh the gold like uh, braided computer cord underneath the foot pedal like Mm -hmm. you know it looks just like the movies oh absolutely that's the whole point here is that because later we'll see at some point on one of the like when we get to the firehouse Janine will have an invoice that actually has the Ghostbusters 2 logo on it. So, I mean, they are specifically going after the F- Ghostbusters films. Yeah. Well, I mean, films the Ghost- meaning two, because there are only two Ghostbusters films. Potentially three, but we'll see what happens when Afterlife comes out. Mm. But, yeah, and uh, that's the other thing I've always loved about the Ghostbusters comics, that, uh, you know, they've worked with... Uh, I guess Sony at this point, because uh, I forget if Sony had the rights when the comics started, but like all the Ghostbusters comics that IDW has put out are firmly set around in that movie universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about the like six, let's just, you know, the 616 Ghostbusters, you know, mm-hmm. the core, core Ghostbusters Earth, like that, meeting the real Ghostbusters, meeting the 2016 Ghostbusters, extreme Ghostbusters. Well, not really, because they folded those into the thing, but it's just, you could potentially, uh, if you were some mad genius like myself, try and figure out a reading order where this is in that continuity. Like, they just, okay, we, we fight ghosts, why not? You know, we'll pull mm-hmm. around in this alien robot that transforms into our ride, which is something I loved in the several times in the comic where they're not aliens. And I've always loved that in stuff like this. It's in sci-fi or horrors. Like, it's either aliens exist and 
ghosts don't or ghosts exist and aliens don't. Like, why can't we have both guys? The universe is too big for this. Come on. Mm-hmm. So, yes. They, they, they trap Electro Squid and then they find out well, why do we have two Ecto ones? <laughs> and then they find out, um, guys. Well, then. Starscream's a ghost all over again. Yeah, I like that. He's like just talking to him. It's like, I'm here to speak to the Autobot. Grab him. Just it's just like it's just like it's just another thing for the guys. And then Winston, being the man that we all know and love, asks a very salient question. He said he is here to speak to the Autobot. What's an Autobot? And he turns around and there's giant Robo Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, and that's how the first issue ends. Uh, okay, so you know how you and we all collect toys, folks, or we all have at one point or another. Mm-hmm. You know how they always talk about Robo Kibble? Like, yeah. there's too much of a backpack, or there's too much on the legs, or there's no, like this should have been shifted somewhere else. Just based on this final panel of this issue, I hate. The fact that the front end of the car is basically his his shoulder, oh, the shoulder pads, disgust. Oh, it's just no. So yes, the second issue picks up with uh, Ectotron introducing himself to the Ghostbusters. And I was like that. I was actually expecting you to be just a bit more intimidated. And Peter's like, yeah, we get that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, apparently Ghost Starscream is way too damn powerful because he basically breaks out of the trap. Oh, that's because, like, Ecto zapped it with his little zapper thingy. He's like, but yeah, he comes out like, I'm gonna kill you all! I mean, I'm, nah. I'd be pissed off, too, if some assholes just threw me in a closet and just were going to leave me there. <laughs> uh, please don't, um, don't talk about my cousin that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it, <laughs> when I was six, my cousin Heather threw me into the closet as a punishment and it was dark and it was not comfortable in there. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. And I like this, you know, they, they blow up, uh, or Starscream blows up the trap and uh, I love the reference, you know, we always tell them it's a bad idea to turn off the power to a thing and they never believe us. And as good news is, it happens one more time, we get a free hat from the insurance agency. Dear Lord, if if, even if half the stuff I watched in movies based in New York from when I was a kid were true in terms of bureaucracy like that, I'm surprised there isn't like a, you know, an IRS SWAT team ready to descend on the Ghostbusters if this happens one more time. Mm-hmm. But, I, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I love that you have um, Starscream being afraid of enclosed areas and being being in the trap, and he's like, it's you, the Autobot. I'll stop, I'll stop. Truce, please. Truce, uh, right. You believe that? Nope, me either. And, uh, you know, and then throughout the rest of the entire series here, 
Pete just basically says, hey, you either behave or you're going back in the trap. Going back in the box. What's in the box? Yeah, I, I like that, like, because this is the snivelly, or, you know, snivelly, cowardly, Chris Lotta-esque Starscream that we all know oh, and yeah. love. And, and I love that it, it's like, like, are you smart or you stupid, Starscream? Stupid! I am stupid! And and I got that with that bit. I apologize for my behavior, almighty Peter Venkman. I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy is so much a bottom. Ooh, okay, that reference. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so they 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 uh, powwow with Starscream and Ectotron, and he tells them that you know I destroyed Cybertron, technically speaking. And you get like a shot of some some very well known Transformers dying pretty graphically. We we see the Alpha Guardians getting wasted. Uh, like Predator King, Pre- Devastator. Yeah, I mean, Devastator just gets ripped in half. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've seen some horror movies. That is not a way to go. Yeah, Predator King gets literally gets his shit pushed in. Pardon my French. And they end up talking to a ghost in a red cloak with a little Kremzik on his shoulder. <laughs> and I immediately know where this is going. Yeah. But I don't care because I'm all about this ride. <laughs> and they basically makes a deal like where Megatron is like so completely swept up in his own BS mm-hmm. that, you know, he's going to stop this and he's going to t- rule Cybertron. And literally, it takes Soundwave, Shockwave, and Starscream to talk him down. And even then, he's looking, it's like, you are all on my list now. Mm-hmm. And then he gets turned to ashes just like Starscream did in the movie. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah, there's no Galvatron in this story, folks. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Unicron would probably turn into, you know, Ghostbusters Thanos and start worshiping Gozer. Probably. But yeah, so uh, Starscream, like, they all get turned into ghosts and they've gone off searching. And uh, Kremzik's the name of the Red Cloak ghost. And I was like, called it. Mm hmm. And. Well, it's not just one Crimzeek. It's a bunch of Crimzeeks, because we get a bunch of Crimzeeks throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Just the little yellow guy is the first one we see. And then we get the where he's literally been searching the universe for four million years. Mm-hmm. For the AllSpark. Yeah, the AllSpark and finding a proper body, and he hates living like this. And then Crimzeek shows mm-hmm. up. Which is, I'm not saying it's bad. And the Kremzik episode of the G1 cartoon is one of my favorites because it's just delightfully insane. But yeah, this little energy, like, I don't, he's like not a Cybertronian energy ghost, but it's like if a hamster was made of electricity, basically. Mm hmm. And uh, I just love that, uh, again, the dialogue here is like, oh, he's just a little bean. And it did just say the name of the thing. Starscream said destroyed his body. 
fine if you're going to freak out about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, this isn't the sort of energy you throw in a trap, Vankman, because that thing blows up real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's two traps that they've blown up today. <laughs> I know, and, and the, the the smile on Egon's face, dear Lord, we miss you, Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm, yep. And this one ends with, um, <laughs> you know, Ectotron saying, you know, he's going to call Optimus, and whoops, I don't have a backup radio, I just destroyed this one, and and he's like, oh, I bet Optimus is going to want to come down here and, and check this out. And Starscream's like, eh, you fools. Suckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, the art and everything. Uh, and as we go through the, like, every uh, chapter basically starts with the cover from the comic folks that Mike spoke of earlier, that awesome jam piece. Mm-hmm. If there is one complaint I have about this series, and, and granted, they thankfully they kept the story simple, right? But if we had actually got like, if we ever get a Ghostbusters Transformers sequel, I want the story to be told, or, or we already know the story, having seen the covers of this comic, where it's an all-out war between the Ghostbusters and the Autobots versus the Decepticons. Mm-hmm. Like out in front of the firehouse because I'm I'm sorry I want that so bad. Like when, when and I didn't even like I had read the previews for comics for ages when this mm-hmm. first was announced, and I was like, oh my god, this is the thing that I always wanted that I didn't know that I wanted. It's the only other better '80s crossover comic that has come out is uh, He-Man Thundercats. Mm-hmm. And I, if I was the sort to start petitions on the internet for things that will probably never happen, I would start a petition to have uh, DC and Sony team up and do an animated crossover film for that. I'm just mm. saying. Uh, so we get into issue three here, and we're at the firehouse, and Ectotron meets Janine, and... She's the one that that give uh, gives him his name essentially. Uh, you got to be kidding me with that name! I'm not calling you that. Yeah, references Robobuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again, that's more of an animated series reference, but I caught yeah. that. And I love how she's having absolutely none of Ecto's shit. Yeah, he's like, I would never generate or damage anything. He's like, support beam. Mm-hmm. Of course, and she's like Ectotron. And then she, for the rest of the thing, she's just anytime you want to fix that. Yep. And then Starscream shows up and scares the living daylights out of her. Yeah, and another little background thing. It doesn't really become the character, like because. I think most of the comics, at least what we know from the ongoing, it takes place after Ghostbusters, the video game from 2009. So, you know, Vigo the Carpathian and Slimer are in the main, like, lobby of, like, you know, in the main area of the firehouse. Mm -hmm. And and again, if you're a Ghostbusters fan as I am, you, you love these little nods. Like, fan service is never a bad thing, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, Slimer's upstairs. I forgot, because... Yeah, Slimer's upstairs in the little thing, yeah. And I like how Starscream's go to you. 
shifts his ghost form into an almost human sized mm-hmm. uh, being. And then, you know, he starts, he forgets himself as Starscream does and starts talking crap to Finkman, who is nothing if not Petty Murphy about it. Mm-hmm. And sucks him into a trap. Of course. Put him in a trap because I think I'm the first psychologist who can claim to specialize in anal- analyzing alien robot ghosts. Yeah. He's not an alien. Thank you, Egon, but <laughs> he does give off a sneaky vibe. I figure we'll all be happier if he's just kept on ice until E.T. can phone home. Yeah, and then they finally fix the radio, and Ectotron calls the Ark, and who answers but everyone's favorite metal-munching dinosaur, Grimlock. I'm sorry, Grimlock, outside of Optimus Prime and Megatron, is my number one favorite Transformer. I liked him when he had his new brain. Yeah. Me, Grimlock, need no strategy. Mm -hmm. Like, I... Like, that's one of the things I liked about Gary Payton's Grimlock in 2015 R.I.D. was, you know, he spoke in complete sentences. He didn't kind of speak in the first person the way 80s Grimlock did, but he's yep. just as dumb and lovable as, yep. as... And this was me as a kid. Like, I'm not saying I was an idiot. It's just, you know, didn't really have a concept of my own mortality or a sense of my own strength and... I tore through stuff as if I was a robotic T-Rex. So so everyone always talks about, and this is true, and I've been seeing, I've been watching a lot of the old Peter Cullen panels at various conventions recently. And everybody always talks about how G1 Optimus is kind of John Wayne-ish and Abraham Lincoln-ish and this, that, and the other thing. And while I, do, when I, while I do love Eric Burnham's writing, I am sorry... There's no way in hell that G1 Optimus would say. So Ectotron tells him, oh, you can call me Ectotron Optimus. I've been convinced it's easier that way. Oh, thank Primus. Er, is, have you found the source of the... There's no, like, G1 Optimus would not be that um, passive-aggressive with with that kind of... I don't know. And I'm sorry I, for a... 30-foot-tall transforming robot who surfs and plays basketball, I can totally see him doing mm, that. I can't. But the, the, you, you might be able to see him doing that. I just can't hear Peter Cullen in my head for that. What I do love is two exposition heavy minutes later, cut down on all that dialogue that wasn't needed. Yeah. So they, they end up, the Ghostbusters and Ecto have to take off to deal with a call. Yep. Oh. Hit the siren. We like that siren. uh, Also, when you see, like, the comic book version, and it it is noticeable in the toy, is Ectotron kind of has a shell former kind of quality to him. Mm -hmm. And and I kind of appreciate that, because in certain certain toys, like, sometimes they're designed that's a necessary evil. It's Mm -hmm. like when, when... you know, you were talking about Kibble before, and it was on that mm-hmm. cover where you see Astro Train. And that's one of the things I hated about the original Astro Train toy is how the rocket boosters just kind of hang them on the back like that. And yeah. you know, they don't turn into, like, shoulder pads or something. See, that, like, 
The original G1 Astro Train, I didn't mind that because I felt it was a natural progression of the of the transformation. But I, I don't know. And Ectotron, I like I said earlier, I love the fact that they do these crossovers. I think it's great for the toys. The comic, I'm kind of coming around to it. It's not like it's not as I didn't think this was going to be bad, but I didn't think it was going to be like. Eisner award winning good either mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where I just can't get that invested in Ectotron I ju- whether it's the toy or the comic I just can't and uh, you know that's that's fair you and, and this is really just speaking as guys who grew up in the 80s and oh, oh when I say OG fans, not to make us any better than current fans of Transformers or Ghostbusters, folks, I'm not trying to gatekeep here. Just specifically speaking between you and Mike, you're either like Mike who can't get with it or me who's all about it. You know, it's and that neither of those are good or bad things. It's just, you know, you either love the concept and you're like, oh, boy, oh, boy, I can't wait to see what's next or yeah and i think for me it's more the like it's more the robot mode than anything else at least in the comic like i can get behind the alt mode because the alt mode is essentially just an autobot driving an ecto-1 i can get i mean i hell almost 30 what are we at 35 oh jesus it is 35 years now 1986 35 years ago i was at the boston budweiser expo where number one i stood in front of and i sat in kit number two i stood in front of i don't know i don't think it was from the movies it was probably one of the touring cars i stood in front of an actual ecto-1 i have a picture of it it's just the robot side of it for ectotron that i just can't there's a huge disconnect for me, and it has to do with those 80s shoulder pads. Yeah. Sure, we're talking a lot about shoulder pads in this episode, aren't we, Mike? Mm-hmm. And we get back to the, the arc, and Wheeljack's like, this is a bad idea, Optimus. I mean, Decepticon ghosts, seriously. And Grimlock says the thing, we Grimlock ain't afraid of no ghosts. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, you said the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I again, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Like, maybe it's the art, and maybe it's just the dialogue. Like, uh, do you remember who the voice actor for Wheeljack? Off the top, mm, um, I don't put you on the spot like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I honestly don't remember. I, I, uh, you think I would, but Wheeljack was one of those voices that had. Um, he had a, a, not a vocoder, but. Well, he didn't have a mouth. He just had like those uh, headlights, the fins that would blink when he talked. Yeah. Uh, but I hear, like I said, like so much of the stuff you hear uh, Wheeljack's voice as he's nattering on and on. I already got it. Okay. Oh, of course. I should have recognized it. Duh. It's Starscream. Lotta oh. did it. Oh. Yeah. I actually did not know that. Yep. But yeah, so Optimus is coming down to Earth. Eh, eh, eh. And 
the Ecto and the Ghost are just he's a Ghostbuster at this point. Like it's the Ghostbusters. And he's they go to this warehouse where they're tracking Kremzeek and mm-hmm. Optimus shows up and I like you look in the panel in the back, you, you, you see that yellow cab that Optimus obviously scanned. And then you see Motomaster in the back and you see I forget the name, but it's that big rig. Uh, oh yeah, Phantom, the big rig equivalent of uh, Rhino. Yep, yep, yep. In the back there, which is awesome. And then you see like Wheeljack, and well, actually that's not Wheeljack. You see Motomaster, and then over by that mall or whatever, you see the other Stunticons. Yeah, you see Dragstrip and Wild Rider and Dead End and and Breakdown. Breakdown yeah. is the white one that you see there. The the semi next to Okay, so Motormaster's on the on to the left of, of the yellow thing, right to or to, I should say to the right, not to the left, to the right, and then yeah. right next to it, that first semi, they could have really done something cool there that would have set up something a little more up my alley for later. They could have made that the flag semi, and we could have gotten a Transformers Night Rider crossover. Ooh. But they didn't do that, so. That, well, I mean, there is that dark one in the middle. That could have been the, we just can't see the flag logo. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. And, but yeah, so Optimus, and, and I love between the movies and the cartoons, uh, the alley between the firehouse and the building next door, it's either just wide enough for a garbage truck to get down or it's big enough to have like an almost entire other work area for go the Ghostbusters and mostly I know that like extreme Ghostbusters, but Optimus backs his ass mm-hmm. up in there and decides to put himself in like a rest cycle, and then these two punkers show up, mm-hmm. and and I love how they're they're not mean or anything like they're graffiti artists, which yeah. is cool. I. I mean, there's vandalism and there's graffiti. And I just love the idea. Wow, that is a beautiful piece of unsullied real estate. That is like fate. Let's make some art. <laughs> yeah. And then when Ghostbuster or when Optimus wakes up later. Yeah, it's, he's it, not it, looking so good. Well, I, I, I know, but you, you can almost see if. If you could watch the voice record, like the the voice recording for Peter Cullen, just I love when you see behind the scenes of him acting. How a lot of them they act this way, so you could see like the mm-hmm. not what I expected. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If there was anything I could do right now, if I had a DeLorean to go back to 1983 or whenever the actual production of the voice recordings was done. I would love to be a fly on the wall in a Wally Burr recording session. Oh, God, yes. So we get to this warehouse. The Ghostbusters basically find the ghost, trap the ghost, all that. Uh, And it's this weird energy-eating entity. And I'm like, oh, that's going to come back later because they're going to use that to you to defeat the other. Th- uh, like as soon as I saw that thing, and I'm like, oh, they're they're saving that for later. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they get back, and Ecto's going to call Optimus. Is like, where are you at? And, and then he walks in, and I, and I like the the 1984, the I Love mm-hmm. NYC, the Ghostbusters logo over the uh, Autobot logo. Yeah. And, and I hate the fact 
that damn you ectotron for ruining such a perfect peter vankman pun when he says when in rome i guess i i hope this doesn't make you a pessimist prize who's gonna see the thing ecto mm-hmm. yeah i like the i love nyc uh i love the fact that dan shoning apparently was also able to put his own initials on optimus because the ds is obviously oh, yeah, dan, yeah, dan shoning the five 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 one three eight three. I'm wondering if that's a real. I, I know most things that. Hey folks, look here. There was a thing recently that was unearthed that it was one eight hundred five 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 whatever. Instead of being what it was supposed to be, it was actually a sex line. This happened a couple of years ago, I think. But I'm curious what the significance is of the five 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 one three eight three. Apparently, it is the phone number for Meredith's apartment from the Grundle episode of Real Ghostbusters. Oh god, I haven't I haven't watched Real Ghostbusters since we did episode 65 of Tooncast, so there's no way I would have known that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's so, awesome though. And that just proves uh, you know, uh, Burnham he's us, he's a nerd. Absolutely. You know? And you know, I love how I love Janine in this version of Janine, because and, and very much because it's set in the movie universe, but it's not. Uh, God, Antipods. that thank you, Jesus! I cannot think today. It it takes the best parts of Annie Potts Janine and mix it with, you know, animated Janine and how she mm-hmm. very simply explains when in Rome because mm-hmm. Optimus was just not getting that, no, and he's wasn't. like, oh. Thank you. I understand now. And then Peter comes down. We're going to talk to Starscream. <gasps> the trap is empty. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And, and we get you know into the fourth issue where they move to... The, they Again, this is something from the IDW comics that they have a warehouse that is like a backup HQ mm-hmm. and allows Ecto and Optimus to, uh, you know, stretch out a bit. And you see the uh, like the ghost buggy in the background, and there's the was that Ecto three was like the helicopter bike, right? Uh, you're the Ghostbusters expert, or no clue. Uh, it's been a while since I watched the cartoon, and you know Optimus has used his nanochromatic thingamajigger to mm-hmm. uh, adopt proper colors just and it basically it even mentions it covers up the graffiti it's still there underneath so it's mm-hmm. essentially like a jacked up uh thing and then peter makes a mention i bet ray's already dreaming of an ecto semi for his very own and i was like <laughs> well, of course he is peter i mean do you not work with the man yeah really but i think my favorite thing is when you look that first full-on shot of optimus in those colors i think it works again a little too much like ratchet like we said about mm. ecto but yeah. the thing is if you swap out the white like keep the red mm-hmm. or turn them into teal and you swap that top half white out that basically he's halfway to looking like some of the nemesis prime slash scourge toys mm-hmm. that we've gotten over years like i and i don't know if that's a necessarily i'm just seeing that or that's something that uh dan and Luis, you know put in the mix here right yeah yeah i mean it it could be that but 
it's one of those things where you could do that, but I think they did it this way because they wanted it to, number one, fit in with Ectotron and fit in with the Ghostbusters, and number two... <laughs> yeah. And, it's, a, uh, it, it's a white Optimus Prime. It's a stand-in for Ultra Magnus. <laughs> He's not wrong, folks. And, no, and over the last few pages, I'm wondering what uh, Winston was working on there. And it turns out they're just making a giant adapter pack for Ecto to use. So they basically... And, and then, I th- oh my god, they basically made a, prote- a variant of the Pretender technology for Ectotrons. They got these two halves, they put a fully functioning, unlicensed nuclear accelerator in between, mm-hmm. and then strap it onto the back of a Cybertronian life form. And I was like, this is the greatest comic book ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll fix everything. <laughs> I am smiling, like, my inner child is smiling so much reading this comic, folks. But, uh, yeah, so they, they test it out, and uh, what happens, he, uh, yeah, that is Ecto-3, the, the helicopter bike. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, Ecto nukes Ecto-3. <laughs> Ella appears, I'm thinking, I'm starting to think Janine has a, was right to worry about you. <laughs> I'll fix mm-hmm. everything! I'm sorry, please don't hate me! I could never hate you, Ecto. Mm-hmm. So they roll out, and... I guess my only complaint is, and I'm sure I can look at pictures online of the actual toy. My only complaint about Optimus really is that we don't get to see his alt mode in the colors enough. Like, you see him transforming into vehicle mode, so you see the front end of the truck. And when they get to where they're going, you see him transform back into robot mode, so you kind of see the trailer. But it's like... But it disappears, just like the cartoon. Of course, I mean, you know. And also, I'm going to have to write this down, check out, like, like when they transform and they have, like, the sound, Mm -hmm. I got to look up and see if that's the actual, I I think that's the actual phonetic spelling of that sound. Probably. (laughs) But yeah, they they come upon this, uh, this power station where, I love, it's clear skies. Nothing but clouds. And then, how dare you interrupt me, Peter Venkman, when I have the upper hand? I'm just like, oh, you dumb, beautiful idiot. Mm-hmm. Starscream never learns. Also, they turned Optimus Prime, Optimus Prime's cannon into a proton gun, and I'm smiling so much on the inside. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah, and then I and I again, this is some I would if you, I would hope to contribute some questions if not take part in the interview if you ever mm-hmm. got Eric Burnham. I'm just saying if mm-hmm. I, if if I can't be there, I let me know and I will send questions. I have mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. like uh, Kremzik's cloak. Does that not look like Shadow Weaver from Shira? Oh, of course, that's the first thing I'm like. What the hell is Shadow Weaver doing here? Yeah. And then he opened uh, Kremzik because I, we're, I'm identifying him as a him, but it's, a, it's probably an a non. It's an entity. I'm just using a male pronoun. Uh, he opens up his cloak and absorbs Starscream. And I got the. I remember the first time I read this comic when this first came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt this chill 
of this slight feeling of dread run up my spine and it sent me back to that episode i forget i forget the episode but there's like the big fat ghost who is like absorbing ghosts into him and he almost ate Slimer. And I remember watching that cartoon as a kid and like, no, not Slimer. <laughs> you know, like I got that brief moment of like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, Cramsey uh, Kr- absorbs Starscream and he goes back to, uh, we get a flashback to 4 million years ago where he disintegrates the other three and he was going to destroy them and may have destroyed them. And Starscream's the only one that took a knee. Mm-hmm. So it throws, of course, we knew Starscream was lying the whole time. We just didn't know the context. Oh, of course. And then we get what is very much a throwback to the the rooftop scene from 1984 where, you mm-hmm. know, let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown kind of moment. Yep. And, uh, sorry, just, I love Peter Egon because Egon's like, fire! And mm-hmm. Egon, this is on you. You broke the whole mystique of us being so awesome that we could finish each other's senses. Thanks for that. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I love the fact that... Uh, Kremzik's design, like once we see a Kremzik the scavenger as he identifies himself, he, you know, he definitely looks like an energy ghost, but he doesn't get the kind of disproportionate designs that a lot of uh, Ghostbusters ghosts have that design where, oh, sure, they have a basic arms, legs, head kind of thing, but something's like gangly and like way over exaggerated like that. Like he, he looks like a super villain, and I kind of really enjoyed that. That we get a proper villain, visually speaking, for the Transformers and the Ghostbusters to fight. Yeah, it makes much more sense. And then you get the Ghostbusters and Ecto, like uh, they, they bring in the mood slime, which <laughs> I, I, I love that line. It's like, you left it in my vehicle form, right? Along with these empty traps, a canister of slime, and enough food crumbs to compose another meal. You foreign, mm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like the salt, Ecto, the salt. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of how they ultimately defeated Kremzik here? Like I said, predictable. But I'm glad they did it this way, because it was the only way they could have done it. 
Because as soon as I saw that thing earlier, I'm like, they're just going to let that thing sit in the trap, let it energize itself, and then let it feed on Kremzeek. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I love the thing. Uh, I don't care how it worked. I'm just glad that it did. That explosion did more than you know, insect. In fact, it did the only thing that mattered. Necto was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like the dialogue, like I hear Frank Welker. If you don't hear Frank Welker, I'll, I'll accept David Kay as a substitute. That is a fine alternate. Maybe mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving if you're drunk. Yeah. And this, uh, this penultimate issue ends with, but what I am not, as an old friend once said, is afraid of a ghost. Yeah, just... <laughs> And Proton Axe, you know, just like mm-hmm. it, it's just hitting all the nostalgia buttons in the best way, in the best way. And we get, uh, you know, the cover and the trade as we go into the last issue is mm-hmm. uh, Grimlock munching on, I think that's Thundercracker. Yep. And because the color is off, so I mean, it could just be one of the. No, it's all- Thundercracker. Yeah, the I'm color assuming. isn't off. It's it's Thundercracker. Yeah. And, and we get into the Optimus versus Ghost Megatron fight. And, and we get for like the second time in this series, the other three like teaming up on Megatron to make him agreeable. Like if they can help us get new bodies, you know, I wish I could do a Corey Burton voice for Shockwave. It's legit one of my favorite villain voices in the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Megatron's like nuts to that. I don't need you. Y'all help is worthless. And he does like the weird, like Freddy Krueger distended arm, just pimp slaps Optimus Prime. Yep. And the get to the where the guys are like, you know, maybe we go with Megatron on this. So the other guys start attacking Ghostbusters and we get spectral versions of the cassettes, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was talking about earlier. Was that yes, this does look all very G one transformery, but they were able to use their own designs on certain aspects, basically just changing the color of the cassettes to green and and things like that. I mean, they still you know Buzzsaw, Ravage, and Laserbeak still look like themselves, but because they're green in nature. Uh, it gives them a little bit of flair, and I think it gives. Um, well, it's better than the blue sh- tinge that the the main yeah. four Decepticons have. And strictly speaking, uh, having steeped myself in the Ghostbusters fandom over the years, like they, I think like Soundwave is Soundwave. Like you know, he just got nuked and he's turned into a Cybertronian ghost, like Starscream did in the animated mm-hmm. series. I don't think these are actually the cassettes themselves uh these would be classified as like low level manifestations like one of his spectral powers might just be forming these creatures mm. from his own ectoplasmic energy or something or or it could just be them and they're like you said doing colors it's just it's yeah i still think one. it's cool if cuz again if if the cassettes are already in, if the cassettes are inside of him like they usually are, then if he died, if he died, they died. Like, you know, 
Yeah, no, I got you. If if you and I are standing next to a to you know, like if I'm standing on a landmine, heaven forbid, not that I would ever come into contact with one, and you're next to me, and I step off of it, or you push me, or something causes me to not be on that landmine anymore and it explodes, either we're both gonna die, or I'm gonna die and you're gonna get your arm blowed off or something kind of thing. So it's like cause and effect, like. That that's just the way I see it. Would it be cool if it was the ectoplasmic buildup and things like that? Yeah, sure, but I I don't know. Yeah, and then we get uh, a reference to if there was a trinity of '80s cartoon properties that we loved, it'd be Transformers, Ghostbusters, and GI Joe. Because Winston says there are just too many lasers flying around. Man, makes me feel like I'm in one of those GI Joe cartoons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Soundwave gets trapped, uh, Shockwave gets trapped, I think. Yep, and then Starscream breaks free, and he's like, I can take my revenge. Wait, I can be smart about this. I can run away. I can be a coward and live to fight another day. Yeah. And it'll be back. <laughs> Peace, mm-hmm. bitches. And, like, you know, Vankman, well, two out of three ain't bad. You know, it's funny, after reading this, because this is my, okay, yes, I, I, I said earlier, this is my second time, and it is, when I read it earlier today, but when I read it the first time a couple weeks ago, when I got to the end of issue four, when they got rid of Kremzik, I'm like, okay, what's left? What's what's next? And then I'm realizing, oh, right, we have to do something with the Decepticon ghosts, and then that's what this whole final issue is, is a battle for you know, beating up the Decepticon yeah. ghosts. And what I think is really cool, and this is, again, this is why he's a bad leader. This is why he goes surfing while Megatron and the Decepticons, you know, destroy the dam. Optimus knocks the Megatron ghost into Ectotron, and he basically possesses him. And I'm like, oh... Yeah, and we Shit. get that uh, anatomy, I forget the proper term for it, but it's like when you look in an anatomy textbook and you see like what a human looks without their skin, mm-hmm. we get that schematic view yeah. of like when uh, Megatron was turned into, into Galvatron, Galvatron in the film. Yeah. Yeah, and and just before that, I like how uh, you think Optimus needs our help with the last one, and Ecto's like, I don't know, guys, I think Optima, Optimus, Optimus has got it covered. And that's a reference to several times in the book, like how Optimus has really good ears and he's just that gosh darn good. Cause it's Optimus mother freaking prime. Mm-hmm. You know, f- of course he's got this it's Optimus like duh. And yeah. So Ecto gets possessed. And I just love the, the, the venom in the well prime. It appears I have evolved. And I was just like, tear. God, I want this to be a real cartoon so bad. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I love how Peter's got like, hey, you got mood slime. And we all, you know, it's uh, that's much too small a sample rate to affect so much metal. We got the Statue of Liberty moving with it. Yeah, we used gallons of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I honestly don't want to know how many times they had to switch out uh, the slime canisters and their slime blowers and that thing to spray 
<laughs> the, the Statue of Liberty on the inside. And I'm pretty sure they just didn't spray the feet. Like, they must have coated that all the way up. Yep. But they essentially... It's like a it's like playground rules. Like they trip <clears throat> they trip Megatron and they force feed him mood slime, which causes Ecto to puke him out. Yeah. And then we get this awesome redesign of a spectral Megatron who's like it's I, very I ghost like. Yeah, it, it, it's very Hugo. It's very Transformers Michael Bay, Transformers number one Hugo weaving Megatron. Very, yeah, very. Yeah. Awesome. But it, it looks awesome. I mean, I don't see how like, and, and now he's just. I think it would be fair to consider him a little more of a plain Jane ghost in that, you know, you you look at Megatron, so he has this very humanoid form, and this is more of a very humanoid ghost with like no no kibble on to suggest what he would transform into. So this is like a protoform version mm-hmm. of Megatron, if you will. And, uh, I, I love how he's like, I'm going to possess you instead and rule the universe. And well, no, because you're a ghost now and busted makes Ectotron feel good. Mm-hmm. He's like, I would not be beaten by these fools. <laughs> and then, yeah. The, the whole you kind of want to step on him right now don't you be honest oh, he's like yeah. it, it had crossed my mind mm-hmm. and then what i d- what throws me off here is some of the other like why am i feeling deja vu right now it isn't about what optimus is talking about it has nothing to do with the the, the script or the or the story completely blue sky complete sunlight it just throws me off with the colors that the bots are. And I'm like, that just doesn't it's, I'm not saying it's bad art. I'm just saying it's like, Hey, it's a, it's a fully, you know, bright sunshiny day in, in Brooklyn. That's um, strange. And and again, I, I, I do think that's odd. I do wonder. And again, one of many questions I would like to ask Eric Burnham, is this a nod to like once uh, Gozer, shows up in the movie and how all the, you see the clouds spreading out from spook central, mm-hmm. you know, it might be a reference to that. And, you know, we, we know that ghosts exist now and aliens exist. Egon, let it go. And Optimus gives Ecto permission to stay on earth for a while and then, you know, go out to search the universe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love that how he just z- the ectotron name tag on yep now he doesn't look so derpy to me now that he actually has the name tag on i'm like what is that spot supposed to be there for i'm like oh right they're gonna put the name tag again it's not that i again this is the in preparation for this recording i have not read this series before i've had the trade for months or whenever however the hell long ago it came out a couple years i don't remember but it's like I'm seeing certain things and certain aspects of this where I'm like, I know where that's going. I know what that's going to be. Can't we just get there? Yeah. And we got there fairly fast. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't Shakespearean here. But the ending kind of is because um, 
the end period 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 giant decepticon logo and and with the glint in starscream's eye i love that i think that's so cool yeah and i mean that's i think that's a nod to like old horror movies in 50s b sci-fi movies Mm -hmm. where it's the end question mark like if you've ever seen the original steve mcqueen the blob Mm -hmm. it ends with them dropping it in the arctic and then the end and it shifts in question mark Mm -hmm. and i love that because and and that's like in the future because they established that ecto is going to stay on earth for a while and work with the ghostbusters and optimus like i said is given his permission you go off and search the universe for other cybertronians and more cybertronian ghosts and you know keep in touch and i i love how he's like oh thank you optimus and he hugs him and i i could just see peer uh um you're they're there they're they're like <laughs> very reverend lovejoy yep and uh yeah ectotron takes off and uh star screams i will have my revenge kind of thing Mm -hmm. and and like you're saying about the scale like the scope of the story it's needlessly uncomplicated like sometimes when you when guys like eric burnham and many other writers who've done like you know thundercats he-man or even superman thundercats in the very early aughts like it's just you you can't go in with any preconceptions it's the Ghostbusters teaming up with the Transformers. Let's go. It's going to be inherently silly, and it's probably not going to make a lot of sense, but it's, it is well, what it is. Like I said before, it's not as... It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Now, when I first heard about this, when I first saw the solicitations years ago... When IDW first had it solicited as single issues before the trade and everything else, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because, like we've already said, we both liked the the real Ghostbusters. We both liked the G1 cartoon. And the fact that the G1, like, the fact that the G1 designs in here, the actual G1 designs, not the Optimus repaint stuff, but the fact that they are so on model to what was in the cartoon, like, I want Ghosts of Cybertron, like, for everybody now. Like, I just, like, the planet's dead, the the bots are dead, but they're warring as ghosts kind of thing. Like, I really dug the ghost designs. There are, at the back of the trade, folks, as always, there are all of the uh, variant covers. One of my favorites is Starscream as the Ghostbusters 2 no-ghost logo. This is done by Priscilla Tramontano. I love that one. Oh my god, I just realized what the first alternate cover is. That's the box art to the Ecto-1 toy. Yeah. I just got that. Holy <laughs> shit. The one by Nick Roche? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you, you got some of them, like it's basically, it's, it's variants on the Ghostbusters in front of Ectotron. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite alternate cover is, it's after the one by Alex Milne, which... One of mm-hmm. my favorite Transformers artists, but it's the art by Nick Roche, the second one, where they're doing the finger guns dance down uh, Fifth Avenue in New York, and you got Ectotron and Optimus in the back doing that. Yep, 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 yep. Another one of my favorites is one by uh, Andrew Griffith. It's uh, two after, it's it's one after that. 
it's all the Crim Zeeks with Starscream and and all that. I thought that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, then there's the uh, which is sometimes a regular thing with alternate covers for Transformers. There's the schematic cover for Ectotron. Ectotron. Yep. Uh, that and then one, there's the badass Evan Stanley cover oh, of Optimus. The, the the action hero. Yep. Uh, poster. Yeah, I know that one just like with the lightning strike in the background. Ectro versus Stay Puffed is nice. Uh, I I really like dig the one following that by Clayton Crane, who is all his art has this very slick look to it. Yeah. Like when you look at it, you can't help but think slick. And I I love his art. I don't think it works so well here. Like it kind of it works for the Transformers. It doesn't really work to make the Ghostbusters look like they've been covered in KY jelly. Uh, and if you want to see some really good, there's a couple of, pardon me, Ghostbusters miniseries uh, from the early aughts. I think it's Road to Damnation and Trail of Tears. If you're a Ghost Ghost Rider fan, I highly check that out. And then we get a couple of shots of the of these the are actual, actual toys. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Transformers Ghostbusters mashup Ecto-1 Ectotron figure and then Transformers Masterpiece Optimus Prime Ecto-35 edition. Yeah, so, so that's basically can... Masterpiece Prime but painted as as Ecto Prime as you know Prime got slimed. Yeah. Kind of thing. I love that little slimer perched on Ecto's uh, yep. shoulder there. That um, yeah, that is very cool. I just wish I could afford the Ectotron and get Ectotron and Gigawatt and put them on a shelf together. But since the only prices I found for them is like somewhere between 50 and $65 here in Saskatoon. Really? I'll just put that on my Christmas list. Wasn't Ectotron a Walmart exclusive? It was. And I've seen it out in the wild, uh, at Toys R Us and you, the comic store, eight street books and comics, uh, here in Saskatoon, they uh, have a couple of Ectotrons and a couple of Gigawatts on the wall for purchase, which I'm sure they just ordered through their distributor because you can do like that too. So you either find it at Walmart or you find it, you know, at a specialty store. It's just yeah. I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Transformers Ghostbusters, we have a zero to five with half point scale for the GCR Universal rating system. I would probably give this a solid three, three and a half. Only because the story, like you said, it's needlessly uncomplicated. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to kind of get new readers in where it really got me and where I would probably rate it separately is the art. The art is easily a five because they did so much here with with how good the Transformers look, with how good the Ghostbusters look. I mean, it, it's just everything was so cool. Yeah. No, I writing is a five out of five. Uh, sorry, the the writing's four and a half out of five Ghost Traps and five Ghost Traps out of five for the art. Uh, like I said, it's just. Uh, I, I just think you have Gozer show up and I kind of take that half point off just because, I mean, that sets certain expectations for me. 
Like, I expected Gozer to show up at the end and not be Kremzeke. I mean, if, if I was running, I would have had, like, Gozer come back and have Robo Gozer versus the Ghostbusters and Bang. It was like, hey, got an upgrade, huh? And set up Kremzeke for, like, the villain in the sequel is what I would have done. And, that's, and it's just little, you know, maybe different art choices. Like you said, it's just overall Ectotron just kind of looks really plain in a way. And yeah. it didn't come together until he put the name tag on, which is a very minor nitpick. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I can't recommend this enough folks. This is, if you were to do just cut co- and simple crossover comics, not months long with all the spinoffs that Marvel and DC have done the last few years, like just five and done kind of crossovers mm-hmm. like this. This is in my top three the only one that I would put above this, and it is my current number one in that context, is He-Man Thundercats. Yeah, that was a good one. You know, Mamato. That was a little much, but other than that, that was a good one, yeah. I'll get you next time, Venkman. Yeah. All right, folks, coming up next here inside the pull bag in July. Comics are read there. Transformers Beast Wars number six with Steve Megatron and then somebody I don't know who yet is going to join me to talk about Ryan Drost's Stealth Hammer and then uh, Edward and Kendra Hale will join me for episode 420 as we talk about the closing issues of Radiant Black's first arc that's issues five and six so that's what's coming up here inside the pull bag and then all of August which is already done and I just have to still edit it at at this point of recording but we have TMNT month for August. We've got Bebop and Rocksteady Hit the Road, City at War Parts 1 and 2, Shredder in Hell, and uh, we did a separate special episode for TMNT 100 from IDW. So it's all TMNT month in August, and then in September for at least three episodes, JT will be back as we get through Scooby-Doo Team-Up, Volumes 3 through 8. So that's what's coming up here inside the pull bag. What do you got going on with whatever you're doing? Uh, well, still doing uh, every week, more or less, with uh, ben, the Ho- ben the Host Carver and Red Ink on Comic Connoisseurs. Uh, talking sundry different topics in and around comic books. And I'm also still doing a uh, bit of a long pause. I mean, granted... It's once a month with uh, Mike the Birdman Dodd with uh, the Sunday Funnies on uh, Twig, although last couple episodes have been me and Alex, the producer, because as some of you may or may not know, Birdman has been ill the last long while, and he's he's getting better, but yep. he's not quite 100%. So hopefully uh, he'll be back soon. And the first episode back with him, I think we're going to be talking about the Dreamwave era transformers comics i don't know what it is with those i never got into them when they were going on but i kind of wish that they would be online i kind of wish comiXology amazon whomever would figure out a way to get those to be able because i've just never like i can go on the tf wiki and read the synopsis but it's not the same thing as actually reading a comic book it just isn't kind of yeah. a thing. And, and say what you will about Pat Lee and his business practices and the eventual yeah. demise of Dreamwave. Yeah. Like I've interacted 
a couple of times online with him because uh, I friended him on Facebook. And granted, you don't get a lot from those interactions, but the fact that he's still out there, he's still working, he interacts with fans. And I mean, ultimately, it's just money. It was a really shitty thing what happened at the end of Dreamwave. So it's not like I'm giving him a pass on that. But you know, the thing, like for me, I don't even know what the hell happened. I don't care what happened. Like, see, for me, it's like uh, I separate Cliff Huxtable from the monster that is Bill Cosby. And that I character haven't was there yet myself. Huh? I haven't you been know. able to separate the art from the artist in that respect. Eh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. So no, and, and basically, very basically, is he owed a lot of the creators and the writers and the artists and everyone oh, that worked for Dreamwave money. Okay. And then when the company collapsed, like nobody got paid. So I don't know if he's made reparations in the 15 years since. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, we're like I said, when Birdman comes back, uh, we'll be talking about Dreamwave Transformers and. There's a lot of cool... It's one of those things. It's like watching... The Dreamwave Transformers comics is like watching Firefly. You get to the end and you can't wait to see what's going to happen next and then you realize it's never going to happen. Yep. So, there we go. Um, Absolutely. Is that really what the whole story is called? Sorry, I'm looking up Transformers Terminator because I'm trying to plan the next crossover thing we're going to cover. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us here inside the pull bag. Where can people find you online, sir? Well, you can find me online, like I said, with the Comic Connoisseurs podcast and Twig's Sunday Boy. Funnies podcast. You can also find me on most of the social medias at JT from Saskatoon. Awesome. I'm at TFG and Mike. You'll hear all the other uh, social stuff and everything else in the outro. Coming up next inside the pull bag, as I said a second ago, we have got Transformers Beast Wars number six. This is the finale to the first arc by Eric Burnham with art by Josh Burcham. So that's coming up next here in July on the pull bag from the GeekCast Radio Network. Make your great escape into comics and we will catch you next time. You've just heard the latest episode of The Pull Bag, the GCRN's first comic review and discussion podcast. There are several ways to get in touch with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on the episode and all of our different podcasts. You can rate and leave a review for the show on iTunes. Be sure to leave us feedback. Become a fan of us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thepullbag. Send us an email, feedback at geekcastradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Pullbag and at Geekcast Radio. So until next time, make your great escape into comics and unleash the geek in you. (laughs) 